1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 on Vision
0: I'm always amazed when I hear stories coming out of China about the Chinese Church and of course the numbers in China these days estimated to be over a 100 million Christian believers Now, it's hard to be exact with numbers, but what is running parallel to the enormous growth of the Christian church in China is what has begun to happen in recent times, a crackdown on the Christian church. Just recently, hearing of another church of a thousand people being shut down by police who want to close down the opportunity for Christians to have a free expression in that nation. So with Christianity thriving in a place like China, where there's pressure on people who have a religious belief, how does that contrast to what's going on in Western nations and in our nation of Australia? Bill Muhlenberg's been reflecting on these things and back with us once again today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Well, Bill, some might notice a little bit of a croak in your voice. We'll be a little tolerant of that because we want to hear what you've got to say. But you've had this focus on Christianity in China thriving and in the West we don't see that sort of thriving. What's your overall thought for what's been happening in China that makes their experience different to ours?
1: Well, there'd be a lot of reasons why we could contrast the two, and say why it's doing well in one place, not so well in the other, but certainly one major component, certainly Chinese Christians would say this without a doubt, would be the whole issue of suffering and persecution. Um, that always has a tendency to separate the wheat from the chaff, the boys from the girls, if you will, the sheep from the goats. It brings out true believers. It uh, certainly uh, brings uh, believers into the refiner's fire, where they have nothing left but God himself, so uh, we don't seek suffering necessarily, we don't have to pray to get it, but we do know from the biblical witness that uh, suffering tends to do a lot of good for the church, and uh, that's what the Chinese Christians would say. In fact, we've heard stories already often in the past about Christians in China are not praying that we in the West escape suffering. In fact, just the opposite. They're praying that we do get some persecution and suffering so that we can really become the real deal instead of such a lukewarm a pathetic version of what the body of Christ is meant to be.
0: So Bill, the idea of a crackdown on Christians, churches being closed, uh, believers being arrested, even tortured and people being paid to turn in their believing neighbours. Not only that, but the idea now that the Chinese Communist government wants to even rewrite the Bible so it aligns a little more with official policy. Those are the sorts of things that are very, very challenging for us because on one hand we say we'd like to see wonderful awakening and revival and see people turn to Christ en masse, and yet we don't want the sorts of things that we're seeing where that's happening in other nations.
1: Yes, exactly the point. Uh, everybody has put their hands up, say, yep, I want revival. I want to see the land restored. I want to see the church renewed. But as soon as you start talking about one key way to do this, a bit of suffering, uh, then all of a sudden they're thinking again about the weekend's football game or the new TV they want to get. Uh, the thought of suffering is just too much for most Western Christians fair enough nobody likes to suffer as i said we don't seek it but having said that uh it does wonders to get our priorities right it does wonders to get our values and our faith down to the real deal and yeah it's very serious indeed in china when you got government paying people even family members to turn on their own you know that's scary stuff so it's it's a real worry uh rewriting even the Bible, so that a official government policy is reflected, not the words of jesus I mean that's really uh i mean it's happened before in dictatorships, but uh that's what they're facing and so in China uh all they can do because it's so hard to get Bibles again, especially if you're not in those permitted churches. All you can do is memorize tons of Scripture. And, uh, you know, many Chinese believers there have entire books, maybe even the entire Bible committed to memory. That can't be taken away. Uh, you can be locked up, imprisoned, and tortured. Bibles Bible is confiscated, but it can't be removed from your mind if you've memorized it. So, uh, I hate to say it, Chinese Christians are putting almost all of us here in the West, a shame. We, uh, you know, we're a bit of a joke when it comes to what real Christianity is all about.
0: This importance on the Bible, this is a significant point to make here because when the Bible is seen by those dictatorial, totalitarian regimes as being a subversive book, the book has potential. The message that is within the book has potential to even bring down that sort of authoritative regime. And that is something that's significant, that somehow or other we in what we see as a really quite a free nation uh, tend to not uh, see as so important about the Bible because we've got our freedom, so why would we worry about that? What are your thoughts Mm. for just the power of the message that is contained within the Bible?
1: Yeah, well, it is the book that's changed the world, no question. Uh, Pretty much all of our great institutions, uh, in large measure, democracy, pluralism, freedom of speech, human rights, the role of women, and so on, almost all of that has really come out of the Judeo-Christian worldview, out of what's contained in the Bible. So it's got enormous transforming power, not just individuals, but whole nations can be changed So yeah, dictatorships know that as well, and they don't want it happening, so that's why they always have to ban the Bible, burn the Bible, or rewrite the Bible, because it really is a challenge to their power and their control.
0: Bill, we started talking about suffering, and there is this old saying that came to mind as you were sharing some of those things, that God is not as interested in our happiness as he is in our holiness. Sometimes we come to Christ with a promise of happiness and not so much an understanding of what holiness really means. Do you think we've got a few things to adjust in the way we think about what God's purpose might be and how he might actually bring about some form of awakening or revival in our nation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's no question that God wants us to be conformed to the image of his Son. He wants us to become that bride who is worthy, uh, to marry the Lamb one day. He does want us to be a spotless, pure uh, bride, clothed in white. Well, it's not happening much in a very affluent, very decadent, very materialistic West where many churches, all we hear about is having your best life now. You know, get all the goodies you can come to Jesus and you'll lose weight, you'll get a good spouse, you'll get that mansion and that Cadillac you've always wanted. Uh, That is not the gospel, but it's preached by many. In fact, by uh, the biggest churches in the West are preaching exactly that message. They're not preaching holiness, take up your cross, deny yourself. The very things that Jesus spoke about over and over again we sell them here, so obviously you're not going to get many sermons on suffering. You'll probably never hear anything from the Book of Job. Uh, you know, it's uh, it doesn't go well with uh, God wants to make you happy and uh, give you everything now kind of message. So yeah, it's uh, well, it's a problem as well because when people are given that is message when they first hear it that God's going to solve all your problems. Well, uh, as soon as hardship and suffering comes along, then it's easy to lose your faith. So uh, certainly Mm -hmm. Christians in China are under no illusions about all this. They know uh, very well indeed that suffering goes with the territory. It was our Lord who's known as the suffering servant, and the uh, servant is not above his master. If our Lord suffered greatly, so shall we, and if you think you can live a life free of suffering, well, you probably want to give Christianity a miss because it's never guaranteed.
0: Bill, a thought or two on freedom here for a moment, because this is one of the big debates that's looming right now, and as you look at the church in China, you've got a state-sanctioned church, the Three Self Movement. And you've got the underground church, the one yeah. that's not sanctioned by the government. But the government likes to have a control over the church. In other words, that the church doesn't have an opportunity to speak up against injustice or human rights abuses and such things. And uh, no doubt the state-sanctioned church wouldn't be enabled to do that, but there are others who are outside of that government control that are free. There's a freedom of religion there. Uh, They're the ones who are more likely to speak out. In our current situation here in Australia, what are your thoughts for the freedom debate and the way that somehow or other uh, the government looks like it's going to be trying to control even what churches teach?
1: Yeah, so that's another whole... uh Topic for discussion, mind you, an important one. Um, a few quick things to say. Obviously, those Christians that are allowed in China have of the official government sanction. And yeah, they are saying basically what the government wants them to say. But the real deal believers are those who know that there comes a time when you have to defy the state, you have to disobey because obeying God is more important. Another matter that arises here, of course, is the issue of religious freedom. The government's looking at doing a study and bringing down a report, maybe new laws on the issue. Uh, again, here we need to be careful. When I talk about the value of suffering and persecution, that does not mean I'm saying, okay, let's all just sit back and be quiet and let the government do what it wants. Um, You know, I'll certainly be looking to do what I can to keep Christianity free and the preaching of the gospel free. So, yeah, I do and have and I will work for religious liberty. It's it's good if we can fight for it. It's good if we can keep it. So I'm not being contradictory here. We can certainly seek to have godly government and a government that gives the church a bit of room to move, especially to proclaim the gospel. But on the other hand, we shouldn't be naive to think it's always going to be this way, or, uh, you know, we can get along fine just as things are. Even if Morrison and the government comes up with something, well, always can get another Labour Green's government back in, and that'll be done away with quick enough. So we got the two things going on here. Be prepared for suffering, don't pretend it's not going to happen. Don't pretend it's somehow not a part of the Christian life. It's a basic part of the Christian life. But on the other hand, while we live in a democracy, uh, while we have some freedom, yeah, let's push for, uh, religious liberty. Let's push to keep the government fair in its treatment of the churches. So we got to kind of do both at the same time.
0: And I suspect it's an easier battle to fight for the maintenance of freedom rather than to come from a place of oppression to fight your way back. Uh, There's some challenges there and plenty of things to talk about in future conversations, Bill Muhlenberg. I'll point people to this latest article that you've written because there's some very significant things that you've written there about a contrast between the Chinese church and the churches in the West. It's called Christianity is Thriving in China While Dying in the West. Suffering is a Major Difference. You can simply access that article and many others that Bill's written when you go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Or you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word, and you'll find Bill Muhlenberg and Culture Watch and the articles that we talk about. Bill, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.